I can't even count. So good. So good. So good. So honestly, like, what, what our hope is that this won't just be your first time here with us, but that you'll decide to make uh, Downey First Christian Church your uh, church home. And we're so glad, we're so glad that you're here. Also, um, if you come here every Sunday, uh, we just want to remind you that every Sunday is a good Sunday to bring a friend or a family member. And we're a church of wide open doors, and we're so happy uh, that you're here with us. Sound good? Hey, so I just want to do something real quick. Uh, 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 Pastor Mark was talking about all these changes. And again, I just, want, I just want to thank everyone who gave their time, their money, and all their effort to make all of this happen. Just a round of applause for them. We had, um, we had Edson. Edson, who was um, on our keyboard, he was on the lift all the way up there uh, trying to get that screen down. And I'm happy that nothing happened to him. Not because... I love him so much, but because none of us other guys were willing to go up there. And so, it's not true. He was, a, he was, our, he was our hero. He was all of our heroes. And uh, I'm just glad that everything worked out well. All right. Our scripture for today is Luke, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're going to read this. If you have a Bible, please get that Bible out. If not, that's, uh, that's totally fine. We have, we're going to have it up on the screen. So, Luke chapter 1. If you didn't get your Bible reading in for today, we're going to do it because this is a lot of scripture, but this is what we're all about. So, Luke chapter 1. Verse uh, 26, this is how it starts, Luke chapter 1. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, at uh, his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, that will be born will be called the Son of God. Now let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 2 says this. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was uh, pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them again, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Matthew chapter 2, last, last two verses, here we go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
Amen. So today I want to talk to you about the topic, an unexpected Christmas, an unexpected Christmas. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, thank you so much for these moments that we share together as we go into your word and we discover what it is that you want to share with us, God. I open my heart to hear from you. I pray that hearts will be opened this morning to hear from you. We pray that your word will come into our hearts and that it will not just be words, but that your word and your power will do what only it can do, which is transform us from the inside out. I am a vessel. Help me to be used by you and help these hearts to be open to hear your word. Lord God, I pray this and I thank you in Jesus' name. We pray and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Okay, so I want to start off with a question. Have you ever, have you ever found something that was like really, really strange? Like you saw something and it was strange to you at first, but then over time it became like sort of normal? Like, hey, that's really weird. But then all of a sudden you realize that that's like, okay, now you kind of accept it as a reality. It happens to me with people, it happens with friends, it happens to me especially with fashion. Like you'll see something, it's like, man, how could that person like ever wear that? Or how could that person ever wear their hair like that? And then all of a sudden after time goes by, you just kind of get used to it. It seems normal because it's familiar. So what is familiar seems normal. Now, I'm a child of the 80s. How many 80s people here? Okay, lots of you, lots of you. Okay, so, so I, I think that the 80s music was the best music ever. Okay, yes. So, it's true. However, we had some struggles with fashion. We weren't the greatest in fashion. In fact, I'm going to show you a picture of my favorite band back then. So, so that's, that's the band called Striper. And that was my favorite band back then. And, and their music was great. And this guy right here... Like, he was the drummer, his name is Bob Sweet, and honestly, I wanted to play drums like him, I wanted to look like him, I wanted to have the hair like him, I wanted to dress like him, and I honestly look back and now I feel embarrassed, because like, I wasn't even thinking back then. But that seemed normal. If you can show you the next slide. That, that hairstyle also back then seemed normal. If you go to the next slide, also, you know, that didn't seem weird. Flock of seagulls, anyone? Yes? All right, flock of seagulls. Next one. So that hairstyle and that, those clothes, they just didn't seem weird. And the reason for that is because, because it was familiar. So it seemed normal. But then you go back in retrospect and you realize, man, I mean, some of you used to, used to dress like that and used to have your hair like that. Like, I used to wear my Reebok pumps and then tube socks all the way up to my knees and shorts that were way too short for any man to ever wear. And if I saw a person like that today, like a 40-year-old like that, I would walk on the other side of the street and, you know, hold my kids a little tighter. But, but it seemed normal because that was familiar. So what is familiar seemed normal. I'm going to go to another slide so people don't get distracted with that. But that's the thing, and what, what is familiar seems, seems normal, and it's true in relationships, it's true with people, it's true with things, like things seem normal. And the reason why I'm talking about this, because you may see, say, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, it has a lot to do with Christmas, because sometimes we look back at the story of Christmas, and, and, we've, and it becomes so familiar, because we remember it every year, that we look back at it, and we just say, okay, yeah, the, the, you know, the Magi, Mary, you know, the, the virgin birth, the manger, it seems so normal, but quite honestly, we have to understand that there is nothing normal about the Christmas story. 
Because normal doesn't transcend time. We wouldn't be talking about the Christmas story 2,000 years later if that story was normal. So what I want to do this morning is I, I want us to think about this story in a different way. I want us to, I want us to, to revisit it and to realize that nothing about this story is normal. So I want to talk about four aspects of it, four, four elements that we look back to as we look at the manger. And these four elements are in the manger. And I want us to look at these. I want, to look, I want us to look at the Virgin Mary. I want us to look at the Magi. I want us to look at the shepherds. And I want us to look at the stable. Now think about this. Mary. Let's start with Mary. Mary, most scholars would say that she was probably between 12 and 14 years old. I have, I have a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And I'm not going to talk about the dumb things that they do sometimes, respectfully, because I did dumber things when I was their age. One of the things that I did when I was, when I was their age is I, I, I pulled out a, a cord, like a plug from the, from the socket, from the cord, and I electrocuted myself. I, I, my, my brother Nathan was running, and I, I tripped him, and he fell, and he broke one of his front teeth. I did so many things at that age that when I think back, even though I thought that I was doing the right thing, like drinking a bottle of ants because I thought that it was Coca-Cola, I think about myself, and then I think about the Virgin Mary. See, I was 13 when I did all those things. And I don't know about you, but if you're not old enough to drive, you're certainly not old enough to carry the Son of God. If I had one word to describe Mary, in my opinion, in my limited opinion, it would be unqualified. Unqualified. And if I was God, I would have chosen a person who had, first of all, a handle on her life, her life in, in, in order, that she was older and more experienced. However, however, out of all the people that God could have chosen to bring the Son of God into the world, it was unqualified Mary. And there's nothing normal about that. Number two, let's look at the Magi. We don't know much about the Magi, but we know that there was some sort of astrologist. They were most likely pagan and definitely not part of the Jewish tradition. In one word, I would describe the Magi as irreligious. They were irreligious people. And if I were God, if I were God, I would have chosen people who had our same beliefs, I would have chosen someone that was in our same theological line and definitely more conservative in their views. However, of all the people that God could have chosen to reveal his son, first he chose the Magi, the irreligious Magi. That was like the most unexpected people. And there's nothing normal about that. Number three, the shepherds. The shepherds, what do we know about the shepherds? The shepherds were, were poor, they were uneducated, uncultured. They were part of the fringe of society. If you were with your family and you saw shepherds, you would walk away from them. Most of them were drunks and their testimony wasn't even admissible in court because they were seen as second-class citizens. If I were to describe the shepherds with one word, I would probably choose the word outsiders. Outsider. And if I were God... I wouldn't have chosen the shepherds. I would have chosen someone who was part of the inner circle, who behaved in the same way that we behave, who had our same habits. However, of all the people that God could have chosen, he chose the outsider shepherds first. 
the most unexpected people. There's nothing normal about that. Finally, finally, the stable, the stable, the manger, the stable. I know our manger scenes look great. They're pretty. But a manger wasn't pretty. A manger smelled like poop. Animals would do all their business there. They would eat there. It was dirty. It was smelly. Most of us kind of know that. But Jesus was born in a, in a manger. And if I were to choose one word to describe a manger, it would be this word. It would be unfit. And that would be a huge understatement. If I, were, if I were God and I were to choose where my son, where the son of God is going to be born, I would have chosen a five-star hotel, the best hospital available with all the luxuries of a king. However, God, of all places that he could have chosen for his son to come into the world, he chose the unfit manger, the most unexpected place. There's nothing normal about that. You see, Jesus as he was born, and as he did his ministry, he always did the unexpected. He hung out with the unexpected people that no one would hang out with. He would do the unexpected things that no one else thought that someone who was part of the Jewish tradition should do. Unexpected, unexpected, unexpected. His entire ministry was absolutely unexpected. We didn't understand, no, no one understood why he was doing what he was doing. He would always do the thing that no one else would do. That's why the title of this message is An Unexpected Christmas. Because I want to make it a little bit personal. In fact, maybe you, you're here and you came with a, with a preconceived idea of what would happen this morning. Maybe you thought you would come here, you'd listen to some music, listen to a message, and then you would go home. Maybe this is something that you do every year. But I believe that, that you're here, especially if you're here for the first time or you haven't been here in a while, I believe you're here for a reason. I truly believe that God brought you here. We've been praying for you. So I'm going to do something unexpected right now. I'm going to tell you the end of my message right now, which is kind of strange. Unexpected. I'll tell you right now what it is. When I'm finished, I'm going to ask you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to begin to walk with him. I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to make a decision this morning to, to follow Jesus and Jesus' ways. John 3.16 says this. It's a very familiar verse. It says this. It says, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, Jesus came into the world. He lived a perfect life. He showed us how to live, and then he died on the cross to forgive us from our sins, and we are called to follow in his footsteps. He forgave all your sins, past, present, and future. It's all taken care of. And some of you are here this morning. This is super heavy on my heart, that you need something to change. You are here, and, and it gets worse with Christmas. You've lost hope, you feel depressed, you feel sad, you've had a loss in your family, your finances have been so terrible for such a long time, you're, you're having trouble finding purpose in your life, you don't know what's going on, but all that you do know is that something needs to change. Maybe you're here and you have a broken relationship and you're beginning to lose hope. And here's the thing, maybe you're hearing and you're thinking about these things and you're like, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's like, I can't really do the church thing. 
Honestly, I just can't do the church thing. I know what that's all about. And I know Jesus doesn't want to have anything to do with me. Because I have these, these ideas about who Jesus would choose, and I'm definitely not one of them. Maybe you're here and you feel like Mary. You feel unqualified. You feel like you don't know enough, that you have to be a certain way. Well, guess what? Jesus came for the unqualified first, and the same is true for you and me. Maybe you're here and you feel like the Magi, like you're irreligious, like you're not, you're not a religious person. I don't really fit into the whole church thing. Well, guess what? Jesus came for the irreligious first, and the same is true for you and me. Maybe you're here and you feel like the shepherds. You feel like an outsider. Like, I don't do the things that the Christians do. I have different habits. I have different friends. You don't know my past. You don't know what I did last week. You don't know what I did yesterday. And I feel like a hypocrite here this morning. Well, guess what? Jesus came for the outsider shepherds first. And what is true for you is also true for me. Hey, maybe you're here and you feel like the manger. Like you feel unfit. Like there's nothing in your life that is an appropriate place for God to inhabit, for Jesus to be born. My life is a mess. Hey, you think that the manger stinks? Well, take a whiff at my life. It is an absolute mess. Jesus could never even think about being born in my life today. Well, guess again. Of all of the places that God could have chosen to have his son born was in a stinky manger. And it's true for you and it's true for me. You say, you may think I can't present myself before God like this. Honestly, brothers and sisters, and if you don't even know, about, if, you don't even, if you're not even sure about the whole Jesus thing, you're not sure about the resurrection, you don't, even, you don't even know what you believe yet. You feel unqualified. You feel irreligious. You feel like an outsider. You feel unfit. Honestly, honestly, this is 100%. That is all of us. Like, I don't have my life all together. And if you're here and you're saying that you have your life all together, that's probably the person in here that needs Jesus the most. <laughs> we don't. We're all, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. I need Jesus every day. You see, there's these assumptions about who Jesus chooses. You have to be qualified. You have to be religious. You have to be in the inner circle. Your life has to be all clean, but the truth is actually the opposite. Jesus chooses the unexpected. So next time you believe that you think that you need to get your act together first before Jesus can accept you, take another look at the manger. Like from now on, every time you see a manger, think about Mary. Think about the shepherds. Think about the magi. Think about the manger. Because that's you and me. And he chose those people and that place first. This is us. And so I'm going to end with this. You see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came into the world. He was born into the world. And he changed history forever. And here's what I think God wants to do today in your life. I think that he doesn't just want to change history. He wants to change your history. He wants to be born in your life. And he wants you to take down all of these reasons 
that you're not qualified, all these reasons why you think that, that you're unfit, that you're irreligious. You have all these ideas of who God is going to choose and you have to present yourself good before God, before he can accept you. And so maybe you're here and that's what that, you're struggling with that right now. So what I want to do is I want to ask everyone to, if we can just close our eyes for a minute. This is not, there's nothing weird about this, I promise. Just, just bow your heads and close your eyes. The reason why we're doing this is because this is a personal moment for you. And this is, this is about you right now. It's about what you've heard this morning. Because, because maybe you're here this morning and you feel unqualified, like Mary. You're here and you're thinking, Jesus wants nothing to do with me. I've got nothing to offer. Or maybe you're here and you feel like the, like the magi. You're not sure what you believe. And you're not sure that every single belief that you have aligns with what you think we should expect of you. Or maybe you're here this morning and you feel like an outsider, like the shepherds. That you're not very churchy. You know, you have other types of friends. You have other habits that you're working on. Or maybe you're here and you simply feel like you're unfit for Jesus. Like you feel like the manger, like you're just unfit for Jesus. There's no proper place to put him in your life. Everything in your life seems dirty and unfit. Well, guess what? Jesus came for you first. So here's the myth. And with eyes closed and heads bowed, this is the myth. This is, this is the thing that is not true. The thing that is not true is the whole idea that I have to get my act together before I can come to Christ. But guess what? There is no such thing as getting your act together. And the one who says he's got it all together is probably the worst. We are all messed up. That's why we need Jesus. And I believe you are here because Jesus wants to inhabit your life. He wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you hope, purpose, and a community. So here's what I'm going to do with eyes closed and heads bowed. I'm going, to, I'm going to invite you to make a decision this morning to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three and I'm just going to pray for you. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray for you. So if you want to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you know that your life isn't perfect but you want to take a step toward him, just raise your hand way up high right now. Just raise your hand. Amen. 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 I see you over there in the back. Oh, Lord God, thank you so much for this, uh, this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you because you're such a good God. Thank you, Lord, because you've allowed us to be here this morning. Thank you, God, because you make it so clear in the Christmas story. You make it so clear. The people that you choose are the people that for whatever reason we wouldn't choose. You choose first. We thank you, Lord, because you came into the world. We thank you, Lord, because you've come into the world not just to change history, but to change our history. And we pray for that, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for all the hands that were raised. I pray, Lord, that, that they'll begin to walk with you, that they'll begin to receive your forgiveness, that the peace will be, begin to go into their lives, that their lives will be transformed, their relationships restored, and that they'll make this church their church home, Lord. We thank you for this. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.